Welcome to the Orange Crest Community Church Podcast. Our hope is that this weekly podcast provides both encouragement and challenge as you move forward in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening. We're talking today and launching into a new series on prayer, and we're going to look at prayers that people prayed in the Bible. These are prayers that they are dangerous prayers. They're a danger to the status quo in your life. Life won't be the same if you if you actually take the risk and dare to begin to pray these prayers. Uh, the movies, great movies, kind of connect with real life, and, and prayer often shows up in our movies because research still shows that the majority of Americans actually still pray, which may be shocking to you, but that is true. Here's a study uh, revealed the prayer habits of Americans, 55% of, of Americans pray every day. I don't know what that, what those prayers are like, if they're like the video or what, but 21% pray weekly or monthly. Now that, that roll-in video was kind of a compilation of typical prayers from a variety of circumstances. And I've prayed similar prayers. I'm sure you've prayed similar prayers, haven't you, to some of those scenes in those movies? I've been in situations where I knew I needed help from outside of myself, so I prayed my own version of those prayers. And for me, I've I've been praying for a number of years now. I've been praying to God for a number of years. And after years and years of praying, sometimes, if I'm honest, I can really admit that my prayers can become pretty routine. They can become pretty generic. They can become pretty predictable. They They can be pretty safe in that way. You know, Prayers like, God, bless me. God, bless me. Have you prayed, God, bless me before? What about, God, help me? What about, God, be with me? What about, God, watch over me? These are are prayers that are common prayers. I mean, I think that depicted a few of those. Bless me, be with me. Now, imagine for a moment God hearing and actually responding, if we, could, if we could get a reply, like an audible reply, what would he say to some of our prayers that we pray? Even some of the generic prayers that maybe we just kind of kick into autopilot and just, God, you know, you might have a routine prayer, uh, like, God be with me, God bless me. Now, if I pray, God, you know, be with me, I wonder if God would respond and say something like, Josh, I'm with you. Check. I told you I'd always be with you, so I got that one. I'm with you. What else? Okay, God, God, bless me. Bless my family. Imagine he could listen and respond with, Josh, have you seen the rest of the world lately? Have Have you... Read the news internationally. Have you, Josh? You're doing pretty well. I mean, you got you got a house over your head. I hear you, Josh. Bless me. Okay, Josh. You got a house over your head. You got food enough food, you know, for days and, and weeks. You're, you're, you're plenty of food. Clothes in your closet. Hot and cold water, Josh. AC, heat. You living in one of the most blessed. I mean. Come on, Josh, give me, give me something powerful. Give me something impossible and difficult to actually respond to. You're pre- how comfortable and how 
easy it is for us to just get in a routine of praying pretty safe prayers. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't pray, God be with me or God bless my family. He didn't. I'm not saying don't pray that, but those are pretty safe prayers. Many times we pray prayers that we're experiencing and living out each moment and each day. And, and they become quite generic. Now, what would we pray if we truly believe that God has the power to answer our prayer? What would you pray? He actually invites us to offer up dangerous prayers. Look at, look at how we're encouraged to do this. Look at Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to find help in time of need. Now picture entering the throne room of the king of the universe when you're praying. Imagine entering into his throne room, bringing him a bold request or bold specific request that he is the only one that has the power and ability to respond to. He's your only hope. Imagine that, that you're, you're in a tough situation. You're in a very specific, you have a very specific need. You go into his throne room, you approach the king and you say, King, I need you to answer this. This is, this is where I'm at. You're my only hope. That's, that's some of the picture we're given here. Another place, we're commanded to pray about everything. Everything. Look at Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. God actually invites us to pray boldly, but then also we see here very specifically. Very specific prayers. We're invited to pray. And when we do that, and you, if you'd like to follow along, you can pull out this listening guide in your program. When we do that, here's what happens. Prayer, dangerous prayers especially, ignite the power of God in my life. Dangerous prayers. So I want to look at this over the next several weeks. We're going to look at prayers from the Bible that light the fuse and begin this powerful work inside of us. And so here's where we're headed. Uh, and here's the warning. These are, these are all dangerous prayers. So if you start praying them, it might scare you to pray some of these because of what, they, what we're asking God to do. And don't be surprised if your life actually starts changing and you start seeing God responding to these dangerous prayers. So today we're going to look at this prayer. Search me. That's a dangerous prayer. As you'll see in just a moment. Next week we're going to look at the prayer, Break Me. Who likes to be broken? You know. <laughs> Not typically what we like. We like to hold it together. Well, sometimes... That's the prayer we need to pray. Strengthen me, use me, and then unite us. This is where we're heading over this series. This morning we're going to talk about the first dangerous prayer, and it's this. It's, it's the prayer, God, search me. Search me. Now, none of us like to be searched. Do you, do you like to be searched? This is, this is certainly not a safe prayer. When I think of being searched, my mind probably quit most most often goes to TSA screening. And I'm not a huge fan of the TSA screening experience. Maybe some of you enjoy that experience, but have you ever been running late to the airport and you get your ticket and you're, you're running behind already to get your ticket, you, you check your bag, and then you discover something like this. <laughs> and you're like, I gotta, get, I gotta get through this quick, I hope it's moving. And of course it's one of those days where it's just crawling and you're you're moving at a snail's pace, and you're in a hurry, and you're, you're wondering if you're even going to make your flight. 
And finally, you get through the long line. You put your bag on the bag screener. It goes through. You empty all your pockets. You make sure you've got everything, you know, that, that they want. You're in your socks. And you're, you walk through the x-ray machine. You, dip, you do the stick up. And you're like, you know, smile at the x-ray camera. And they, they scan you for metals or whatever. And, and then you get through that process. And then the guy's like, okay, me, yeah. And, you know, and then, and then you get the pat down. You ever had the pat down experience, you know? You know, what you hiding up in there, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's easy to get annoyed at this whole process, isn't it? Have you ever been bothered and annoyed in the TSA line? Yep, yep. Have you ever been irritated at that? It's, it's, we get so focused on the goal when we're in this long line. What's the goal? That depends on who you are. <laughs> it's like, for some of you, the goal is the destination. For some of you, the goal is to, to get overhead space in the, on the airplane. Some of you, the goal is making sure you get the right seat and that you can talk to the agent and make sure you're where you, you should be. Some of you, the goal is to get through the screen so you can get your favorite restaurant in the airport that you've been looking forward to so you can bring food onto the flight. And we have all these goals we're focused on that we ignore what this screening process is really all about, don't we? I'm probably not the only one who gets annoyed and, and irritated in this process, but honestly, it's extremely short-sighted to be frustrated at this hassle, isn't it? It's pretty short-sighted when you think about what, what they're screening for. Why, why are we so bothered? Because I want to know ahead of time if something is going to blow up in the air. I'd like to know that. Before I board the plane, you know, I want to know. But, but when I'm outside the situation, I'm standing in the line, or after I get there, I'm, you know, outside the situation, I'm pretty grateful for the careful search. I, I want to know that someone has screened every passenger going through onto an airplane, into that airport. Now, it's similar how it, this is to life. This, this is, we get going towards our goals in life, we get running in life, real busy, but we fail to really slow down long enough to consider, hey, what's going on inside of me? What, what's going on internally? And it's at those points in life when we need to pause, and it really helps if we have a go-to prayer like, God, search me. God, search me. It's, it's so important to, to add this to your prayer arsenal, to add this to your prayer life. God, search me. And what's important to keep in mind is that God has both the x-ray to see all the internal dynamics and the inner workings of my heart, but he also has the aerial view, like the drone. He, he can see the big picture of where my life and your life is going. And so why wouldn't I want God's perspective on, on my life? Why wouldn't I want this careful search? And so God helps me see what I need to see if I have the courage to pray, search me. He'll help you see this. But it requires, you know, taking a risk and praying a more dangerous prayer, a very specific prayer. Now, one is found in Psalm 139. It's a very specific and very instructive prayer. And the prayer, the man that's praying, his name is David, he ends his prayer in verses 23 and 24, essentially asking God to search him very thoroughly. And we're going to eventually get to those two verses. 
But he prays, you know, God, look inside deeply and tell me what you see. But again, it's not, this is scary to pray. You only pray this way if you knew you could trust the person who's doing the screening, right? You'd only pray that kind of prayer if you could, if you could trust God. That's why the rest of the psalm leading up to these verses in 23 and 24 describe who we're praying to. David, the author, the king of Israel, he starts with this beautiful, heartfelt praise to God and, and this is the reality. His praise actually brings the confidence to bring dangerous you know, prayers to God. It's praise that brings confidence. And David, he spends more time praising than asking when you read the psalm. Most of the psalm here is, is, pre- is spent praising and exalting and adoring God. We tend to praise and thank God for what we have received. David here Praises God for who God is. So let's look at this prayer. The first six verses, let's begin there. Oh Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, oh Lord. You hem me in. Behind and before you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. This is not just a written, stale, remote truth. This is a confession and an adoration of praise. It's intensely personal. God is, he's the one who sees and he knows all of my thoughts and he knows all of my ways. Now, this, I, this, Understanding of God, that God is all-knowing, that's a wonderful thought. At the same time, it's a scary thought, if you're honest, right? (laughs) It's great to know God knows everything, but then you realize He knows everything. David, he uncovers the scary fact of this. Basically, there's nowhere to hide from God. But God, He cares. And that's evident, and that calms our fears. Look at verses 13 through 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. That's a powerful thought that God knew you while you were in your mother's womb. He he knew you before you came to be... And he has numbered our days. All the days ordained for me, he writes, were written in your book before one of them came to be. He's numbered your... He knows everything about you. Now, he's the the designer. Anytime we've been given something that has been crafted by someone, by hand, we we just think, wow, that that took a lot of... That's a, that's a great kindness if somebody took the time to make me a gift. They built me something. They, they, they drew me something. They, they sculpted something. I mean, I've never been given a sculpture. But, you know, if... Or even like they, they... Maybe you've got clothes that someone handmade. I mean, that's a very, very personal, thoughtful gift. And this is what we need to grasp about what David is describing here. God has taken great care in the way that he's made you. He, he has... Knit you together. This is the picture, the complex pattern of someone who weaves something together and has taken great care to do it. This shows our great value. God loves you deeply. And what we see from our point of view, 
From our angle, it doesn't make a lot of sense. God, why, why am I like this? Why do I deal with this? Why do I, why do I struggle in these ways? Why, why, am I, why, why am I this hide? And, you know, what about all these features and personality and wiring? And we look at our lives, we look in the mirror, and it's like we're looking at the backside of the tapestry of our lives. We don't quite see what has been made. Look at this picture of a, of a tapestry. From behind, it's like you have no idea what... <clears throat> what has been made. And this is how it is for us. We have a lot of questions about who we are. But what God sees is the front side. He sees the finished work. He sees who we are becoming. And, and here's a picture of what's on the front side of the tapestry. And you can see the front and the back. He sees the process. He sees the finished work. And as we come to know Him and realize He sees everything going on in our lives, we walk by faith and, and learn to trust Him. And if you know him, you're glad, actually, that he sees this about you. He sees all of your life because he's working it all out for good in spite of your concerns, in spite of your feelings. He's working it out. Now, today is a good example of why we keep this in mind, that God is, he can see down the road, is because it's Mother's Day. And moms, you have an extremely challenging role in life, and it's, it's like, you're trying to make sense of it. You're in the midst of it right now, more than likely. And you're looking at it like the back of a tapestry. You're like, oh, I don't understand. Why is this so fill in the blank? And family life can be extremely messy. But moms, you can actually turn to God in faith here and now and rely on God to, to see you through as he's weaving together the tapestry of your life. And of what he's building through you. And what he's working through you. And this is important to keep in mind. And David, he writes this in, the, in that passage. He's, Your eyes saw my unformed body. It's just, a, again, it's a powerful reminder of the, how precious we are as people. Even in the womb before we're born, we learn that God has a plan for all of us. He's made us to live a specific number of days on the earth. And this type of knowledge and care, it overwhelms David. That's why he says in verse 17, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. Were I to count them, speaking of the thoughts of God, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. David's basically saying, Your thoughts are so precious. They're rare, they're weighty, they're noble. And since God has taken such great care to weave us together into the persons, the people he's made us to be, David wants to know God's thoughts. And as we're trying to gain perspective in life, and we're looking at our lives from the, from the back side of the tapestry, we should seek out God's thoughts more than just our thoughts, or more than just the world's thoughts. Because, and God's thoughts really ought to tip the, the scale as to what we should do when we're sorting out options in life and how we should live. Now, now let's look at verses 23 and 24. This is the heart of the dangerous prayer, but that, that's the backdrop. <coughs> Verse 23, David prays, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. We need to know, David's saying, we need to know when we're the source of the trouble. In our, in our busy, frantic, hurried lives, we need to know when there's something going on inside that God sees. We need to see what He sees. It's a scary question to ask God, but we shouldn't be too proud 
to humble ourselves before God and to try to find out if we're off track in some area or if there's something going wrong internally. And my experience with God is that He is gracious to show when I'm off track. When I'm willing to, to, to come to Him and really humble myself and listen, he'll, he'll show when I need to change an attitude, when I need to correct some words or some actions. And this goes for disagreement in marriage. This goes for misfires in, in parenting with my kids. This, this just goes on and on through the areas of my life. He, he can show me when it's my sin that is blocking progress in life. The Lord will he'll bring to my mind my part of the problem if I'm willing to risk praying this prayer. God, search me. And I want to break it down even further. So let's look at this, these two verses pretty carefully here. What might God show if we were to pray, search my heart? Search my heart. David says, search my heart, O God, and know, you know, know my heart. In another place, we learn about the heart in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, that the heart is the most deceitful of all things, the Bible says. It is desperately wicked. The human heart is a mixed bag. It's pretty deceitful. Because of that, you can't trust your heart. Someone ought to tell that to Disney. (laughs) They're constantly saying, follow it. Follow your heart. Whenever we see that in a movie, my, my, my son says, sprinkle a little Disney on it, eh? <laughs> because that's kind of the mantra there. But the heart is deceitful. It's corrupt. It's, 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 it's in need of reform. And if the Lord Jesus moves into a person's life, there's still some things that are battling. There's this struggle internally. And so we need to ask God to search it carefully. Why? Well, God... You know, we all, you know, I don't eat that much. I eat pretty healthy. I'm not that materialistic. I'm not that greedy. That wasn't lust. That's not pride. That wasn't gossip. That's not slander. That's not greed. On and on and on and on. There's all this stuff that is just in our heart that we need somebody from the outside to say, yeah, actually, that was, that's not good. I'm not pleased with that. So search my heart. Second, reveal my fears. Look at the next part of this verse. Reveal my fears. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Now, what makes you anxious? What are you afraid of? What, what are you most anxious about? Maybe it's, maybe it's not getting married. Maybe it's rejection. Maybe it's failure. Maybe it's intimacy. Maybe your fear is tied to the unknown or tied to money or tied to a sickness or a family susceptibility to a certain sickness. So maybe there's just these things that grip your heart. And, and will we have enough? Will my savings be enough? Will my retirement stretch and be enough? What will happen with the, with the housing market? For those that are in the housing market, will it keep going up? For those that aren't in the housing market, will it ever go down? What, what are you anxious about? What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. And the, the, if we can get a grip on the things that capture our hearts and cause us to get into fear and get anxiety and get worried about, those things, that's good to identify. Ask God to reveal my fears. What am I trusting 
in rather than really leaning on you. Third, uncover my sins. Get right to the heart of it, God. Uncover my sins. You know, there's stuff I'm kind of hiding. I've swept under the rug. I've shoved in the closet, slammed the door, and trying to lock it. It's going to stay over there. This is a prayer. Say, God, is there anything that I've been hiding that is currently or in the past that I just really, you're asking me, you shine the light on that area. See if there is any offensive way in me. No, that's I'm not. I'm not sure that that's something I need to deal with, God. Or, or what are others trying to tell me? Maybe I keep hearing this thing from others. Hey, just meaning to tell you this, and no, 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 no. And then another person comes and tells me the same thing. No, no, no. You're off track. So you are too. And what are others trying to tell me? Or what have I been rationalizing for for some time? Or where where am I most defensive when people want to talk about something? Where do I? Kind of make sure I've got some barrier there. With this area, if God brings to your mind, if you begin to pray and ask God to search you and God shows you something, what do you do with that? The scripture says this, you confess it to him. First John 1 John nine. You confess it. If you, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness unrighteousness. That'll restore the broken fellowship. You identify the sin, you confess your part of the sin, and you agree with God that it was wrong. And then you say, God, will you forgive me? Thank you for forgiving me. He if you're if you're if you've already begun a relationship with him, confessing the sin, repenting of it and turning to God, receiving his forgiveness, that restores the fellowship that you have with the Lord. It opens the line of communication. But the worst thing we can do is to just be hiding things or shoving things constantly under the rug or back in the closet and just trying to pretend like that doesn't exist. This person prays the dangerous prayer and says, search it, highlight it so I can turn away from it. Fourth, lead me. Lead me in the way everlasting. He wants to lead me and you out of darkness and out of deception, out of fear and out of sin and into light into His way, the everlasting way. He wants to move us forward. So don't, don't give in to worry about where He's going to lead you. Focus on responding to what God shows you. Follow His lead. Now, I've seen Him answer this prayer when I prayed the prayer, God search me. When I've been willing to pray that risky prayer, it's not easy, but this prayer unlocks God's power to speak to me and gives an aerial view and an internal view of trouble spots. So I can choose the best way forward. And you might be here today and just struggling. And maybe there's some area of your life that you feel like, I'm knocked. I'm kind of knocked off balance right now and God has your attention. And I would just say to you, do you have the courage to ask God to do a careful search inside? Do you have the courage? And if you do, that will unlock God's power to really speak into your life and to bring perspective that we desperately need from Him at this point. Parents, for sure. You know, if you're a parent, we need this. Friends, you know, you need this. You want to be a good friend? You need to have God searching your heart so you can be a good friend to others. People in group life, church life, church members, you know, bosses, coworkers, employees. I mean, we just need, in all these areas, we need God to be doing a careful search so that we can walk with Him 
in a way that's pleasing to him. I want to invite our worship team to come back up to the stage. And really, we have one next step we want to encourage you to take. It's, it's this step. And I don't know how you remind yourself to take action steps or to make applications when God gets your attention. But I encourage you to jot this down or write this down or text yourself or calendar it in or email yourself right now or whatever you do to remember things. Will you carve out time this week to pray? Search me. I would encourage you to do this. Spend some time, get alone with God, and and pray this prayer. And break this down. Maybe take this listening guide and break this down and let God begin this this time of searching you. And then let's pray right now. We'll, We'll ask God to prepare us for that. Father, we thank you for your word, the Bible. Your eternal truth keeps speaking in the present. Thank you so much, God, for for revealing things to us when we come to you honestly and humbly. When we're willing to to stop running and hiding, when we're willing to just come into the light and be be known and, and to recognize you see us. You already you already see all these things, God. But now we ask you to help us see what you see in us so we can make progress. We need your help, God. We plead with you that this would be uh, a prayer that we go to quite often, Lord. Help us not to just pray safe prayers, but Lord, help us to to increase this area of risk in our lives and walk in faith praying more dangerous prayers. We, We need you. So we ask you to do, to speak to us, Lord, as we approach you with this prayer this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you've been encouraged by the message and equipped to move forward in obedience to God's word. Join us again next week for another Orange Crest Community Church podcast.